2: and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast, brought to you this week by MyFFPC.com. As always, I'm your host, Eric Burtzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. joined by my two co-hosts. I can say it for the first time without like dropping a surprise on the listeners. Nathan Dan, sup, guys?
1: Hello, hello. Do you remember that used to be a bit of Dan never letting me talk first, but then he just didn't come for three months, and so I talked first, so there it was.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, the ratings plummet, uh since since Dan left. So hopefully, uh, they they climb back once he's
3: here. What did you just say, Nathan? <laughs> come for three months. So both on the podcast and at home. All right. Um, wow. Here, wow. Um, as as always, two weeks in a row. It's officially a streak. I'm here. <laughs> Feels good. It's. Uh, I, I think me saying as always being here is the same as you saying as always, Eric. Hey, hey, hey. I, I'm. <laughs>
2: I'm here. I'm here certainly more than you right now, Dan. And I, you know, I, I I guess what I say is I come regularly to the show is I guess what I'd say.
3: That's perfect. All right. That's We're getting what up I'd, on uh, what wow. I get. <laughs>
2: all right. Well, that brings me to a nice segue. Uh, after all those jokes, uh, we have a guest today as well. It is Bobby Koch uh, at Wrecked Fantasy. That's Wrecked R-E-K-E-D uh, of DLF football. What's Bobby?
4: Yeah, and just real happy that you didn't segue into my last name there. By the way, just real quick, it's actually Koch, so oh. the mispronunciation would have segued <laughs> even better. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to be on the show with you guys. Wow, is it really? I mean, I feel
2: like it's like the Koch brothers. Like, isn't that exactly like how that's spelled?
4: It is exactly how it's spelled. And if you go to my Instagram handle, it says not related to the Koch brothers.
2: <laughs> well, that's probably not a bad thing. Uh, all right, well. Um, Doing a real quick rundown of the show. Bobby's going to join us. Uh, we are going to talk through some rookie early ADP and kind of uh, look at the players that are associated um, in that area of the February DLF ADP. Um, and then we are going to play a game of Dynasty Courtroom. And if there is time, Nathan has some Devier or not lined up. So that is where Nathan names a person. And does it have a theme this week, Nathan?
1: The, the, the theme
3: is
2: the American Alliance
3: of Football. Oh, dear God. Oh, oh, God, we're screwed. That's not...
2: Oh, wow. All right, yeah, we're definitely screwed. Uh, so, anyways, where Nathan tries to stump us all, spoiler alert, it sounds like he's going to be doing a lot of stumping. Uh, so... Uh, all right. Well, before we get in the show, I do want to let you guys know, uh, as always, you can get a 30% off uh, RotoViz NFL pass for the 2019 season. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash podcast. The 2019 season is around the corner. It's sweet. I just transferred all the MFL leagues over. It's awesome. It's time to go. Trades are happening. So, again, unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools. So, you get amazing value and support this podcast network and this particular pod. Once again, that's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Okay, Nathan, I will we'll kick it over to you on the early rookie ADP uh, segment of the show.
1: All right, let's start us off. Where else would we start? You know, would we start with the 304? No, no, we're not going to start with 304. We're going to start with the 101, the 101 in February ADP per startup. The number one rookie is Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State. And his ADP compadres are Calvin Ridley and Derek Henry being drafted in the 50s along with Harry. Uh, I, th- I think that this is just a outcome of people being really down on the top of this class and being unsure of, you know, Harry and his prospects pre NFL draft. But if we think about Perry, Harry as an individual, I think he's he more valuable than both these players, but certainly the top rookie should be a higher asset than these two. Simply because, you know, Obviously, you're not drafting the 101 when you draft Harry in a startup that is involving rookies right now. But if you're drafting the 101, it should certainly be higher than, you know, in the, in the 50s because that asset is going to gain uh, value over time. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I like Harry more than these two individually as a player, but also I think that the 101 far surpasses these two in value as well.
2: Well, I feel like this happens every dynasty offseason and it builds unless there's somebody unless there's like somebody who's like a Zeke or such a clear one on one that it starts lower. And I mean, 50 nuts, but it starts lower and then climbs into like thus the early second round of startups by the time the hype trains done by the time we're through the combine. So um, I would concur maybe and maybe this is the argument for the time to buy the one on one in general. Would you make that argument as well, Nathan?
1: yeah I mean, I think people are less likely to I mean you' people are less likely to deal the 101 than they are to deal Nik- Nikhil Harry if that makes sense, but I do think right. that Nikhil Harry is a great buy if he, if you're in a Debbie league right now and people are undervaluing him because they say oh he's the one one but it's a bad one one well go ahead and you know try and acquire Harry right now because I think he's a great buy at at the 101 one price as the 101 is being priced
3: I think clarity is is honestly just the the big issue with why picks are kind of kind of falling a little bit you know Eric you mentioned having a clear 101 it seems like in the past you know four or five years we've had a relatively close to consensus at least top one or two yeah um, and this one's like there's like six people that genuinely depending on draft position uh, could go 101 it, it's gonna be it's gonna be landed of the wide receivers and basically whoever goes off the board first is probably gonna end up being most people's 101. And not knowing who that's going to be and not having any clear runaway guys at this point in time makes it. I mean, you should be trying to buy most picks because of the lack of clarity. I think, I think if you have a guy that you know you're going to want to get, trying to get into that top five or six uh, is a really easy time to do it based on, on all of these things. But 101 specifically, if you know, and obviously ADP and, and trade value isn't a straight one to one. But if these are the types of values that you're able to get, I think I think it's a pretty clear swap, even adding to some of those guys to get into that 101 spot, to have that choice when the time comes.
2: I mean, this this one kind of reminds me, and feel free to shoot me out of the sky if you guys disagree, kind of like the 2015 draft where you have like Cooper, Kevin White, everybody went crazy about Kevin White, Todd Gurley, uh, Devonta Parker, Melvin Gordon. We're kind of all there, all players that kind of were in that same – like. Cooper was the one one but it wasn't that much of a stretch. Unlike like the Zeke draft class where he was like so far ahead of all the class, the rest of the
4: class. Honestly, so, but the actually, this class time, was more hyped. Oh well, yeah. The
1: thing is that actually the, the, this time of the, of the uh, Zeke class, Treadwell was actually the one-on-one. So it, Zeke hadn't really emerged in, into being that locked in one one until he went so high in the draft and went to the Cowboys. Um, but talking about the, other draft that you were talking about the cooper Gurley draft i do think that that I mean, you might I think you're misremembering that the cooper girly draft was basically those who were locked in top two and then the rest was more of a conversation like 103 to 107 range Dude,
2: um, i remember a lot of at least twitter discussion of Kev, people like picking kevin white as the 101.
3: i was in a lot of leagues where kevin white went over one of those two at least at the 102 spot which was absolutely asinine yeah i'm thankful to say kevin white did not go over any of those
4: guys in my league <laughs> although he was 103 in a bunch well, in what do you mean you're thankful? Man, I would be I would be so thrilled if Kevin White went above one of those guys. I like playing in a league where the competition's actually tough. I don't get any joy out of beating people who don't know what they're doing. Oh, oh I get lots of joy, joy out of that because I'm
1: I'm ahead. usually the one that, that doesn't know what I'm doing. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well let's
2: let's talk about the we're kind of talking more specifically about kind of the 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 texture of this particular draft class, uh, since I don't think we've really hit on it on the show and that's pivoting in the 2019 season. So Nathan, let's talk about Kind of players around him um, in the current ADP
1: around Jacobs or Harry?
2: Oh, I was gonna say Harry and talking about kind of okay. what side of that we want to do.
1: Gotcha. I mean, the players being drafted around Harry, I don't think that they should be where Harry is. I think Harry should be higher up. So, um, but as far as you know, if you're looking at that range, I would be you know, kind of trying to trade down and looking at collecting more of those rookies and that you know, that big, least if we think that. That the top tier is a larger tier of five, six, seven players, then maybe you're not necessarily going after a Harry. You're trading down a few picks and trying to collect like four or five, six to seventh round picks rather than taking a pick, you know, in the fifth round.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's that's nuts. I mean, looking that Tariq Cohen right now is worth more than the one hundred one is in just ADP. When you when you say that out loud, like that's not the actuality, but that is that's that's bananas.
3: I want I just want to kind of ask Bobby a question and, and see kind of where you go with this. But I think this is a class where, you know, we've heard a lot of people talking about it's a great class to move back because of the lack of clarity. Um, and I kind of mentioned it earlier. It's a good class to move up if you want that selection. If you're having 101, uh, regardless whether or not you have a guy, are you thinking of holding? Are you thinking of moving back? Or if you're outside of 101, do you think it's a good time to move in?
4: Uh, so I guess that's kind of a two-parter. If I have one-on-one, I'm holding, and I know it's cliche to say that you should hold until you're on the clock, but in a draft class where we don't have a defined one-on-one, I think it's even more important because someone's going to fall in love with their guy, whether that's Harry or Metcalf or Montgomery or one of those other guys. And then they'll pay you a haul when you're on the clock to get that guy. So the longer you can wait this year, I think the better off you'll be. In terms of acquiring the one oh one. If what Nathan's saying about his ADP right now is accurate, I would absolutely be trading up to get him if that's any if that's even relatively representative of his value
3: for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, think this is this is one where you could absolutely do either or and I think it is smart with the 101 to hold because uh, I think we've talked about it in the past I think probably a lot of dynasty podcasts have talked about it in the past those picks don't mature in value until it's on the clock. And that's when you can get the absolute haul unless somebody's ready and willing pre-draft to go crazy. Uh, And we know last year with Saquon coming out, we saw that quite a bit um, and saw people just going ape and paying worlds for him. Um, And obviously it turns out to be worth it. So I think, I think this is one of those weird ones where you could really do a lot of different things surrounding the one-on-one.
2: Yeah. I, and, and I, I'll go back to one of the, the McDowellisms, and that is buying outside of a tier is that's like I feel like where you probably purchase the pick is you buy just outside of the top tier and anticipate somebody at the combine exploding. Right. Which is where where do we think because these are so tight knit. I mean, the tier might be at like eight. Uh, seven or eight is what it looks like. I
1: mean, up. at this point, I guess, but I, I do think that the draft capital will end up shaping the tiers a little bit, a little bit tighter to where you yeah. see maybe a top three. Okay, these are the top three, and then there's a drop after, after three. The talent levels might all be similar, but there's going to be something with draft capital or landing spots that kind of creates more of a separation than, I mean, obviously there's so much uncertainty when we're here in February, even before the combine, but the combine will maybe uh, shape out some tiers, but certainly draft position will, will shape out tiers Hardware. to where there's a clear drop from three to four or from five to six. So well, I, that's I think kind of the, my take.
2: The, the more, I guess the thing I'm getting at is like where to go before it starts to shape up is because we obviously know we're going to get more clarity as this thing goes, but that that's kind of, I feel like that was always the when when Ryan said it, that was always the advice I heard is like, this is the time of year to target outside of the just norm tier. In this case, I think I'm not sure this is the draft class where you can even apply that
1: advice. Well, I mean, that that this is a perfect example then that if the tiers have not solidified, which obviously they aren't, that should make it easier to trade up because the the gap between the 101 and 106 probably isn't as wide as what it will be once we figure out okay the 101 is this player who went 12th overall and the 106 is this player who got picked in the third round and so it's kind of just with the with the more uncertainty the less likely people are to value the higher pick so maybe trading up is the move there Um, but let's just you know kind of go through this exercise a little bit uh the 104 is josh jacobs and his adp compadres are tyler lockett and alshon jeffrey i do think of all of these groups this is the one that's the closest between you know the three players i think harry's vastly over ridley and henry and then the rest the the rookies are way over the rest but as we'll get to them but jacobs lockett uh jeffrey uh dan do you see these guys on, on equal playing field or you think jacobs is ahead of these guys as well
3: um well the just looking it's it's hard for me to to not separate it so i'm just going to talk about the 104 because josh jacobs shouldn't be anywhere near there um definitely not the 104 for me people can like him people can hate him whatever uh if i just remove that and and just talk about 104 104 feels about right from a pick perspective but when you put a name with it like you said, Nathan, it just doesn't seem to fit. Tyler Lockett had a huge season, still only 26, and it's kind of just coming into his own. I feel like he's in a really nice spot there. And Alshon Jeffrey just kind of criminally underrated. Um, but then when you put that pick in perspective, that's kind of where you would expect Jeffrey to be in you know, draft pick range, probably closer to even like 106. So for the number, I think it's, it's probably pretty decent. For the player, I'm having a hard time with it. Go ahead, Bobby.
4: Uh, I was just going to say that seems pretty fair. Uh, I know that I intend to be a bigger fan of Alshon than a lot of people on Twitter. There's a lot of hate out there for Alshon, and I think it has to do somewhat with being tied to Wentz. But Alshon has shown well for – and I know he's going on older now. But if you're playing in Dynasty – I, and I talk about this all the time. Everyone always talks about the two to three year window. Alshon is the kind of guy that if I'm competing right now, I want him on my team to be a wide receiver two type or a flex type Lockett, I really want to like, but I just can't trust that Seattle's going to throw the ball pretty much ever. And it means he has to be hyper efficient to keep up what he was doing, which he possibly could do. And then Jacobs, I'm not really sure, but I probably would trade either of those guys for, the 104 because as dan mentioned it feels like it's higher value than what they'd be getting otherwise i agree that 106 or 107 sounds more appropriate for them than the 104 even if it's not necessarily uh the player just the value of the pick
2: yeah and I i think nathan nathan's point hits it spot on where he's talking about this feels the closest this when you say something like Alshon Jeffrey is worth the 104 just as a blanket statement nobody's going to scoff you out of the room now granted is it probably a little high sure when you say things like Tariq Cohen is greater than the 101 people are going to be like wait a minute what did he just say that's ridiculous uh and that's kind of I I completely agree and I, I I think that these players and Lockett is a player that at the 104 is probably not appropriate to have there um as a boomer bus player and as, as a guy who has a ton of locket that seems high but he's still young and still uh bursting on the scene here so I, I don't know it's tough to evaluate locket in that sense but I, I don't think his i think alshon's value is clearly higher as, as even a guy who's not crazy alshon jeffrey uh lover like you two gentlemen uh dan and bobby here uh and nathan the, and yeah, nathan oh, sorry all right if you guys want to just get off you guys can just mute yourself and kiss that'll be perfect
1: oh hell sean
2: <laughs> oh boy um <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah i that's that's i think i think that's really the fair statement here where but it is also worth mentioning that the 101 and the 104 are only 12 picks overall apart from each other in a startup draft right now
3: that's what's super crazy to me and, and uh, over time, again, it goes back to the clarity of this class. Once we figure out more about all of these guys, all of these picks are going to shift up at least a full round. That 101 is going to sneak in to probably some late thirds, maybe even higher depending on when we know. the. And then the 104 is going to be higher up. So once we know what the hell's going on with this everything's going to shift up those values are going to become a little bit more clear you'll probably see that 107 getting in front of where Alshon and Tyler Lockett are things will start to bunch up a little bit and and i think it'll make more sense when we get closer but for right now i think i think the you know the what you want to be doing is buying draft picks
2: well and uh, here here's what i'll say is i don't know I worry that this is an inaccurate representation of where draft picks are currently being valued because when you say stuff out loud like Calvin Ridley or the one oh one people are gonna be like well duh, the one oh one and people holding the one oh one I think are gonna act that way so maybe it's the the later draft picks that come to mind is maybe being the insane values or the the mid middle of the first being the insane value here uh, but I, I just don't know that you're getting Alshon for the one oh four sure I could see that deal on twitter but I I really am not seeing the deals for the 101 based off of where 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 Neil's going.
4: Real quick, not to uh, derail us, but do you guys think that there's a possibility the 101 doesn't jump up a few rounds? Or maybe not as high as typical, just because the past few classes, people have been burned by those first round, at least first round rookie pick wide receivers. Court and days. generally speaking, the wide receivers are the ones who are generally well viewed in this class. So, I think there is a possibility that there is some anti-wide receiver bias still going on. I, I
2: will just hop in and say that I think Tw- Dynasty Twitter and Dynasty owners in general are incapable of having some level of minor freak out about the one hundred and one going into draft season. I Fair think enough. that it will absolutely climb into the yeah I, at the at the absolute latest late second round.
1: Anyway way that the scenario where the, the one-on-one stays in the fifties or in the late forties is if no running back wide receivers go in the first round, which I don't really see that happening. Yeah. But if if all the wide receivers fall to the second, all the running backs fall to the second, people might say, "Oh, I don't know if the, the, there's a guy that's quite worth that you know third, fourth round uh, startup pick right now." But Have I, you I ever I think seen from- anything
2: like that? Nothing comes to mind as far as that being. The kid. We, like we've had to,
1: a few we've had a few years where we're running back in going the first round yeah um, but but i'm not but, sure but that we've never had much. a
2: year where stuff stayed this late i still feel like i still feel like people start shining turds like <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> like no matter what they'll be like oh man well he's i mean he's gonna be my guy so yeah we're gonna start overpaying for him and then the hype's gonna build and then the hype's gonna build on that and then before we know it we're gonna be drafting josh jacobs as the one uh, you know as the 101 at the end of the second round
3: And that's exactly what people have been doing. They've been hyping up Josh Jacobs. Who is that shiny turd? (laughs) All right. Well, let's
1: let's drop on down to the 206. We're dropping a a bit here. We're going to go. It's Miles Sanders, the Penn State running back, Marquise Goodwin, and Duke Johnson. I'll give my immediate thoughts here. Obviously, this was before the Kareem Hunt signing, so I, I do expect Duke Johnson to continue to fall here. But I also think that this is an accurate representation of where his value should be be even post-trade. So, I mean, my, my immediate reaction here is that Duke Johnson is a value once his value continues to fall after the, yeah. the Hunt signing. Which we already um, talked my- about on the show. Yeah, and Miles Sanders is a guy that um, I have liked, you know, because I'm always big on guys who are, you know, top recruits and things like that. And he sat behind Barkley a little bit, and then he shined last year. Um, you know, some people thought, oh, he's a sleeper, and then he ended up going like in the early – I mean, late first, early second of some mocks. But if he ends up going in the mid-second, I think, I think that's appropriate where he goes – uh, Dan, thoughts on Miles Sanders and his ADP compadres?
3: I think the spot for the pick itself makes a little bit sense. My, like you, Miles Sanders is somebody that I like a little bit more than those that are drafting in uh, ADP mocks. Um, but, you know, I, I think I think when you look a little bit more broad around where he's at uh, outside of Duke Johnson and Marquise Goodwin, who I would probably prefer um, definitely Miles Sanders to, um and probably 206 would be close for Duke Johnson and definitely over Marquise Goodwin. But then you look up just a, sl- a smidge higher and you're looking at guys like Robert Foster, uh, Debo Samuel, who's just planning on going up short, you know, really, really closely in front of Miles Sanders, Deion Lewis, Trey Burton, Marquez Valdez-Gantling. Um, it just it feels messy to me, and, and I think I think the 206, like most picks, and probably the top. 18 or 20 is going to gain a good amount of value because i think while this this class may lack that like elite top end and we don't know what what's going on at the top end i think it's very deep of of good players not necessarily great players but good players that are all going to be some sort of fantasy contributors so um i think miles sanders there i think that's that's easy money for me um but i think we we continue to kind of see how this shifts
2: and I think this is the spot where I will take the upside of a player like Miles Sanders versus the known quantity of somebody like Duke Johnson. Where this is the spot where uh, a couple of years ago you got like David Johnson. Like, and granted, it, you get turds too in this spot, but this is where you take a couple shots and you don't whiff. If you if you don't take Marquise Goodwin and you you end up drafting a turd, it does not destroy your team. So this is a spot where where I'm personally. Really like to take shots on second round running backs.
4: Yeah, I have nothing to add there. That's pretty much sums up my thoughts, too.
1: <laughs> All right.
4: I've All silenced
1: right. Bobby, y'all.
4: Good job. We
1: have one one last set, and it's gonna be the 310, Dwayne Haskins, Isaiah Crowell, and Deshaun Jackson. Now, Eric, you said that you like taking shots on second rounders in a stop atmosphere, particularly one where you're drafting the rookies in the startup. Yep. I love just Hoarding all of the the third round rookie picks. Yes, there's a very low success rate there, but they're often going in the 12th, 13th, 14th round of the startup, and especially when it's quarterbacks, where you know, obviously, you know, quarterbacks don't have that much value in quarterback leagues. But when you're taking young quarterbacks, I, I always love you know picking up those high end you know draft picks. Twain Haskins to be a top six, top seven pick in the draft, and taking him at 310 after several you know fourth, fifth round running backs have been taken. All take- the first round quarterback there just because i think it's a safer option and has you know some upside involved well let's not kid ourselves
2: haskins if he is drafted as the first quarterback off the board if he is drafted at like the 105 in the nfl draft and somebody moves up for him he is not going to stay at the 310 like historically even in one qb leagues you see the top quarterback taken in the mid-second round and he'll find a way to sneak up there um I don't know. I I kind of actually disagree with your approach there, Nathan. I mean, I just personally, by hoarding thirds, I just don't love to drop that many players the next offseason that I drafted the the season prior. Uh, But I mean, but that's kind of what you're stepping into is by drafting that many thirds, you're going to have to make some tough decisions the following season.
1: Oh, I think that for the most part, what I'm looking for with those third round picks is I'm going to be. You know, seeing okay, which of these guys are worth anything, and I'll cut half them by the next year, yeah. and then half them will still be on my team.
2: Yeah, but I, yeah, exactly. I, I I just hate personally. I hate that because it, I feel like and, it, and it's and it's a certain type of it's a, it's a bias. But I'm just like I hate the feeling of dropping somebody and then them turning out to be an actual piece that shows up two years later. But that's that's a silly approach to things. That that's not to a my good friend. Reason to not he
4: uh, he drafted Stefan Diggs in the fourth round of our rookie draft and then dropped him, oh, and no. we never let him forget it.
2: Yeah, that's a brutal one. But I mean, that's what you're talking about doing. Is like that's a player who was on many people's rosters and did not not did not necessarily pan out right immediately, and people just parted ways because of roster situation. So uh, that's I mean, I think it is. I think it's super dependent on your roster construction. But uh, if you have like a 2018, uh, 28 person roster it i don't know hoarding thirds just to me feels like you end up making a lot of setting yourself and, up to make a lot of specifically i'm decisions. not
1: talking about in an existing league because oftentimes you do have a hard time finding the roster spots i'm more talking about in the startup atmosphere where, where oh the, i see what you're saying yeah okay fair enough that i
2: mean then i think that that's fair if, if that's a place to swing for the fences and balance out some of your depth and but you need to do both
3: mm-hmm and if you're swinging to offenses, I think I think honestly the best place to do it is at the quarterback position. And while I agree with Eric that I think he's going to be higher up, maybe early third um, rather than late third. I think if you're going to hoard those types of picks, you want to see quarterbacks that have gone in the first round slide there, and you want to see you know guys that have some clarity and a clean line to points because. That's what we're trying to do. Aside from what Nathan does with his rosters, we're trying to score points. That's I don't know, I don't know if you knew that, Nathan. Nathan oh, shots points. <laughs> hey, right, I saw, points.
2: I saw Nathan dive into the second chance in KS4. It looks like he's going to try to win. He's punting his team away, is what I saw. And then he asked me to take my championship team into the into the second chance draft. <laughs> <track. laughs> All right. Um, anything else before we move on here? Hi, Rotoviz. They're, they're a great
4: place to target quarterbacks. I agree with Nathan and Dan on that one. All right,
2: fair enough. Nathan, would you like to do the read, or would you like me to do the read for FFPC?
4: Hi,
1: Rotoviz fans. Allow me a brief second to tell you about our good friends at the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Well, maybe the offseason for most people, it is. Or for the players over at the FFPC. If you're a diehard who's ready to draft now, and you mustn't to nice straight guys, obviously you're diehard. The FFPC best fall leagues are already open for the 2019 season with drafts forming daily, starting at just $35 entry fee. And I know there's lots of rotoviz writers and podcasters that do those. So if you want to run a, you know, play with the big guns, you know, join the FFPC $35 league. Are you a fan of the dynasty format over the last few years? The FFPC has become the go-to destination for serious dynasty owners They now have almost 300 active dynasty leagues starting at $77 and even have a $5,000 entry dynasty league. And the best part is not a single dynasty league has folded in nine years. Limited orphan teams are now available for purchase and brand new startup leagues are are starting shortly. Don't miss the FFPC experience. listeners, Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season long high stakes fantasy football.
2: Yeah. And I will add, if you're looking for orphans right now and and you have an, and you want to play in a higher stakes league, the FFPC is a great place to go. Um, That's just straight up. One of the few places where you can find consistent orphan teams um, and dynasty league startups that, Don't fold on you.
0: Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's Season Pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 Season Pass now at CAGREATAMERICA.COM. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season, 40 to 75% off everything, plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99, logo styles from $16.99, and jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com.
2: All right, well, let's go ahead and move in to one of my personal favorite bits, where we use all the voices, uh, and this is the Dynasty Courtroom. <laughs> You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth!
0: You're out of order! The whole trial is out of order!
1: Now entering the courtroom, Judge Dan Seno.
3: All right, everyone, take your seats. Settle down. Please take your seats. All right, today in the courtroom, we have uh, Mr. Eric Bertzlaff representing Adam Thielen and Mark Ingram, and um, it looks like we have a co-counsel today of Bobby and Nathan, and they will be representing Chris Godwin and Carry On Johnson. Um, Mr. Bertzlaff, if you would like to start with your side and your case, thank you.
2: Yeah, let, Yeah. that's great. Hi, hi Dan. I'm going to go ahead and uh, place my uh, Coors Light down here. Uh, It's going to be great. And uh, I'm going to tell you guys about a side of the story that you need to hear. And this is is the side of the story that's really the winner at the end of this thing. Uh, And you haven't even heard the other side of the story. So my clients, Adam Thielen and Mark Ingram, are two assets that are just – are just incredibly consistently undervalued. They're, this, they're the least sexy people in the room that continue to get you dynasty points. My man Adam Thielen was the wide receiver one throughout the beginning of this past season. He was the wide receiver one. What's better than that? There's not a wide receiver zero. If he is, he's literally off the radar. Zero is not better than one. One's the best. So Adam Thielen is is obviously a wonderful piece, and Mark Ingram is a player who's going to be going to a new organization and has proven to be consistent after, granted, several years of being a hot, steamy turd. That's true. But he's finally got his head on straight, and he's running the football. He's pounding it. He's going to have a sweet market out there, and he's going to be worth, I'm just going to go ahead and call it the 105 by the time we're done here.
3: Wow. All right. Uh, Nathan and Bobby, uh, if you would like to uh, run your co-counsel as cleanly as possible, and, and you can probably leave out all the turds and all of, the, all of those kind of nonsensical phrases. <laughs> what, are
2: you
4: offended by them? <laughs> go ahead, Bobby. Uh, you can go ahead. I'm still thinking through my arguments, co-counsel.
1: So I'm looking into the crystal ball, the crystal ball of Dynasty. Don't we'll let him Ingram. In here
3: with this. Sir, sir we, we do not believe in witchcraft in this courtroom.
1: Okay. <laughs> Mark Ingram and his crystal ball, well, it's very blurry, okay? He has been carried by Drew Brees in the Saints offense his entire career. What's gonna happen when Mark Ingram ends up on the Bills or the Jets? Or the Oh, see where should be going. But what happens when Mark Ingram Goes to a bad offense and isn't carried by the greatness of Drew Brees. He's not gonna be anything. He's gonna stink. He's not even worth a draft pick. So let's just look at it. Adam Thielen, yes, he's okay, but he's already like 28 years old. That's basically retired in Dynasty. Let's talk about the youth, baby. The youth. We have garrett Blunt, he's gone. Not in Detroit anymore. Carrion Johnson's gonna be the workhorse in Detroit. And we have Chris Godwin, who have you ever heard of Bruce Arians? He's basically a wide receiver whisperer. He whispers to him. Chris, you're going to be a wide receiver too. And so you got two young guys against a guy who doesn't matter anymore and a guy who's okay but getting old. So I'm taking the young guys, as I always do, young guys log out.
4: To balance out my mystic uh, co-conspirator over here, I'm going to say that uh, just on paper, on Johnson, who was a rookie, had similar numbers to Mark Ingram, and he did it in less games last season. So if we don't think he's gonna grow at all, that's just plain ridiculous. And he's already outproducing Mark Ingram.
2: And who was the other running back in Detroit again? I can't I can't remember the name of the person. Is it theoretic Or was the oh, I forget who the other one in the Saints organization is now. Oh, Alvin Kamara, I see. So there's so we're saying Theoretic is Alvin Kamara here. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Clearly. That is the exact <laughs> argument that I am
4: making right now. Additionally, I will add that while Chris Godwin was not quite Adam Thielen, and I love Adam Thielen, and I'm sorry, Jake Anderson, if you listen to this podcast, because I wrote you that Adam Thielen uh, article for your birthday talking about how great he was. I'm now about to attack Adam Thielen, if that wasn't clear. (laughs) In the second half of the season, while he was still a usable asset, he was at best a flex play. So when you're talking about before the bye, sure, he was wide receiver one. But after that, he dropped down to something like wide receiver 27. And plus because Kirk cousins turned into a pumpkin. What was all
2: Stephon, right. All right. Stephon order, Diggs was also order, trash.
3: Well, order okay, in the court, Bobby, you may continue. Uh,
4: just one quick counterpoint. Who's to say Kirk cousins is not a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. I agree all with the other right. counsel.
3: All right. So we've got pumpkins in the courtroom now. Um, after hearing both sides, both arguments, uh, I will have to, um, I will have to go with our co-counsels, Bobby and Nathan, and a, a clear landslide victory for Chris Godwin and Carryon Johnson. Oh, wow, I'm, su-
1: I'm surprised that
3: you're, you're ruling, Your Honor, but I appreciate it.
1: I mean, God,
2: that's not even close. It's ridiculous. We accept this fair and accurate judgment. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, well, here's what I'll say: If you like championships, unsexy will get you there.
1: Now, between yeah, right. the courtroom.
2: Oh, damn it, Nathan! You ruined the courtroom. <laughs> I'm going to do it now. We're entering the courtroom, we're rolling with it. The honorable Bobby Coke Coach Coke. I can't
4: do it. Go ahead, Bobby. <laughs> no, no longer honorable, honors. Bobby Koch. No longer honorable. Uh, yeah. So I here am here to judge whether. On the one side, we have uh, Philip Lindsay, James White, and 110. Or Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin, and the 107. And this is a uh, super flex league. Keep that in mind. And our co-counsels today, I'm drawing a blank. You guys will have to remind me. Sorry, you have to edit this out. Dan and
1: Nathan. I,
2: I no, forgot there's no co-counsel. I'll just sit on uh, the sidelines. Our,
4: yeah. so. our counsels today are Dan and Nathan.
2: Woo. All right. That's a killer job, Bobby. Nice work.
4: Thank you. Thank you. I tried my best.
1: Go ahead, Dan.
3: All right. Uh, I'll take the bull by the horns. Um, This man over here across from me is is a fraud. He's going to try to mislead you. What I'm not going to do is mislead you. I'm going to send you down a clear and straight path to some points and maybe a slightly lesser draft pick. But let's talk about, first and foremost, undrafted free agent Philip Lindsay. Yes, we can talk about how undrafted free agents never pan out and they only do these types of things once. Well, if anybody else had their eyes on the screen last season, you saw a very good, very talented running back who just so happened to displace his drafted counterpart, Royce Freeman, and that is Philip Lindsey. He finished the season after injury, by the way, so he only got to play 15 of his games as the RB13 in PPR formats, which if you're not playing PPR, you're probably not playing. That's fantastic. Yes, we know Denver has a history of just kind of rolling with whoever's hot or rolling with whoever they feel is the guy. But after seeing what Philip Lindsay could do on the field, they had no choice but to stick with him, and they'll continue to do so. To bringing in Joe Flacco is only going to help him as he, he's a pretty darn good pass catcher, and we all know that Joe can't throw very far. So that's only going to help. The other piece of this is James White. Oh, the running back from Wisconsin. Oh, no. Yeah, that James White. James White finished the season as the RB7. Yes, you heard that correctly, RB7. And he barely touched the ball as an actual running back because this man plays wide receiver. These are free wide receiver points at a kind of tough spot in running back, you know, it's it only goes so deep. And having someone like James White in as a running back one, even though he's probably valued as like a running back 4 that's that's free money folks you're getting wide receiver output from a running back and you know he's going to continue to do it because he, he signed that nice that nice chunky contract a couple of years ago and we all know sonny michelle isn't catching any passes he caught like 10 so we're good there plus 110 and 107 honestly those two things aren't really all that far apart especially if you listen to the show earlier when we were talking about rookie trap values these two things have almost the exact same value at this point in time they're and and they're probably only going to get a little bit closer as we move down the line, as people realize this draft class is a lot deeper than they think. I rest my case, your honor.
2: Yeah, as somebody as the by, as the bailiff here, I'd like to just point out that the the one ten and the one o seven are actually significantly far apart. It is just the one the one o one through the one o seven. I'm just going to have to drop the ball there.
3: <laughs> I will have the judge hold you in contempt, bailiff. Yeah, yeah. That's actually they're actually three and a half down.
2: rounds apart from each other.
3: Order order in the court. Let's hear from
4: Nathan.
1: All right. Uh, first of all, I'd like to start off uh, broken wrist. Nobody has ever recovered from a broken wrist in NFL history. Philip Lindsay's career is basically over. Royce Freeman is going to take over in the Broncos' backfield. Um, but to be serious for a moment, um, there is the risk of Royce Freeman, the higher draft pick, coming in in year two and getting more carries than Philip Lindsay or getting a larger share of the backfield. Philip Lindsay isn't destined to have a 80-20 share of a backfield in his career as an undrafted free agent. And James White... Here's the issue, issue, boys and girls. Pats running backs, I think people are kind of giving a pass to James White as the Pats running back uh, stereotype, saying, oh, well, he's being undervalued, da, da, da. No, folks, we can't go to this well and start saying James White is a valuable dynasty asset because then Bill Belichick will say, no, not allowed. We're going to send up drafting another running back in the second round, and then James White going to be sent to Tim Buck too." So, you know what, boys and girls, I, I do think that if you if you like points, you know, The running backs get the more points in 2019. I'll give you that. I'll give you that much. But the upside of these wide receivers, Christian Kirk and Chris Godwin, both guys have the upside to be wide receiver twos in Dynasty, you know, very solid wide receivers. You got uh, Christian Kirk in the Cliff Kingsbury offense. Josh Rosen has got a weapon there. Chris Godwin, I already talked about him before. And 107, I mean, Eric, you made my case for me. Two and a half rounds of startup value in between those three picks. Certainly, that could even get wider if you know this ends up being a top six, top seven tier. I guess a top seven tier. So I'm, I'm all about it, boys. Give me, give me the young wide receivers and give me the upside, especially the league. So you, you could get Dwayne Haskins 107. You get Kyler Murray at 107. You can get Dwayne Haskins. 107.
2: All right, let's go ahead and let Bobby judge.
3: Uh, well, judge, be- George, before you roll, well, can I have one counter argument? Go for it. I'll give you your one counter argument. The quarterbacks for my pass-catching backs are better than both the uh, wide receivers quarterbacks, so let's go with that. The Come one other argument I'm
4: going to throw out is 107 is definitely not the quarterbacks. That will not be held in this uh, court in a Superflex league. You're not getting Dwayne Haskins at the 107. Get him. But <laughs> after much uh, beard-stroking, as judges are wont to do, and thinking about Joe Flacco... I have decided to side with Nathan in this case only because I recently wrote an article about Josh Rosen and Cliff Kingsbury. So I am very, very biased towards Christian Kirk and I love Chris Godwin. So his arguments were compelling to a biased judge. I should have recused myself.
2: (laughs) My God, I think Bobby gets the game. Incredible.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Now entering the courtroom, the Honorable Judge Nathan Powell. We have the night to say it's time to trade
1: today, boys and girls. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the court of Nathan. Uh, honestly, it's probably the church of Nathan. It's going to be a church soon. People are going to be saying, "Wow, Nathan, you're great." All right, Nathan today's you're case, a man. <laughs> that is true. Maybe I'm the rabbi. I'm the rabbi of the court. Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, just to be clear, Judge, um, as bailiff, I will want to remind you that we do need to keep church and state separate. Thank
1: you. <laughs> Today's case, very controversial. It's been heard in four states, and it's just it's reached the court of Nathan. Uh, we got Bobby uh, Todd of the Gurley versus On Johnson, the 101, and two-thirds in a .5 PPR league, represented by Eric Burslaff, Eric Plead your case. God, that accent's
2: bad. Um, <laughs> all right, well, I love um, and I don't, you know, I don't know if you guys heard, maybe the judge stuttered out there, that Todd Gurley is the other side of this deal versus my side, which is carry on, beautiful man Johnson. One, going to be at the end of the second round, Oh, one one and two, future third-round picks, which, Nathan, I know how you feel about third-round picks. Oh, yeah, I guess we You can. already talked about it at the beginning of the show. Uh and this is a half PPR league, so... Um, I'll just go ahead and kind of plead my case more organically. Uh, First off, the one-on-one we talked about it being kind of a good buy right now at the beginning of the show. I think that its value is going to creep up into the late second round by the time we are done here. Um, So its valuation is going to creep up. Todd Gurley right now is a top four startup valuation. Carryon Johnson is uh, at the well. Let's see, he's at the beginning of the third round. It looks like. Sorry, end of the second round of startups. Uh, The the case that I will make is much more organic in the sense of um, players like Todd Gurley, I'm trying to sell at this part. Uh, where, where I'm at, 104, where he's infallible, where he's worth everything. Uh, I remember a time when Le'Veon Bell was that. I remember a time when David Johnson was that. Uh, this is the time to get out from under Todd Gurley and get a haul. This is, in fact, a haul that you will be getting. So Carrion's a, a back who has no competition, does not have competition coming in, and you're getting the 101 with it, uh, along with a couple other picks. So I will side on the side of getting out from under Gurley and choosing a young asset and a couple draft picks. Bobby?
4: Well, I really feel like I could begin and end my argument by just saying Todd Gurley and dropping the mic. I would also like to note that earlier I was representing carry on and I fired him as a client for being so terrible and I will no longer (laughs) be representing carry on. However, Todd Gurley. So Todd Gurley is someone that I think there's a lot of bias against him, even though he's a top player because of what happened in the playoffs where everyone went, oh my God, CJ Anderson came off the streets, ran circles in the same system that Todd Gurley did. And I realize this is sounding an argument against my client. But let me remind you that to get you to the fantasy playoffs and through the fantasy playoffs, Todd Gurley was a top asset who put up over 1,800 yards from scrimmage this year and 21 total touchdowns. Those guys don't come along often. And earlier... Eric mentioned guys like David Johnson, David Johnson got hurt. And then Le'Veon Bell who smoked a lot of weed and also just decided to hold out. My client, at least that we are aware of has not smoked any weed, Eric, nor has he been hurt that we are aware of. Therefore, Todd Gurley is still a great asset and I want the best player in this deal. And that is Todd Gurley.
2: Yeah. I will say that, uh, that, that's a great argument for getting out from under him now is he's not injured. He's a running back when running backs never get injured.
1: All right. I, I and the on that one. All right. We, we've, we've heard some good arguments here today from both sides. I just have to look into, took into the eyes and say, eyes, what are we going to say about this deal? And we are going to say, we're going to take carry on in the one-on-one. Wow. There's just so much upside on that side of the deal. The eyes are telling me that we should do that because Nikhil Harry is the next big thing and he's going to be higher value than Todd Gurley this time next year. Whoa, boom, hot take alert.
2: Yeah, to, to, be, to be fair, this is just from a pure value standpoint, not hot taking. This is Todd Gurley and it's not even close on evaluation. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no it's actually bull crap that I won. I'm sorry Bobby. I've robbed you via good arguments. And I know what plays place Nathan's sorry.
4: Oh no, it's all right. I full, was fully aware going into it that Nathan would
3: side with the pick. I know. I don't even like periods. <laughs> I don't even know why I said
4: that. <laughs>
3: because the argument
2: uh, jujitsu have you mentally. All right.
3: <laughs> you could have just left it at two thirds and you probably would have still picked that side.
2: <laughs> All right. David, we have five minutes to dive through a. We, right. we have five minutes for a Debbie or not. A
1: okay, very quick Debbie or not. So, which means we've got to do Debbie or not. Here we come. We're going to talk about some Debbies and some American Alliance of Football players. All right. Here we go. Debbie or not, American Alliance of Football edition. First one, Tamorian. Terry. Start with Bobby. Debbie or not? Not.
3: Dan? Mm, not.
2: All right, I'll just go Debbie because screw those guys.
1: <laughs> Eric gets the Terry is the wide receiver for Florida State. That's All terrible. Right, well,
2: I think you said Eric gets the point, but you kind of blacked out there, but yeah, ship it. <laughs> All right, next one. Marquise Bundy. I'll since I win, guys, since I'm ahead, I'll start. Um, and I will say that is not a Devi.
3: Definitely not a Debbie.
4: Well, I guess I have to go to screw those guys route and say Debbie. <laughs> well, bad news for you, Bobby. He I is knew.
1: not a Devi. He is a wide receiver for the hot shots. So I this is it was like golf camp. and
4: low score wins, right? That's right, yes.
1: <laughs> All right, the next one is going to be Jake
4: Sutherland.
2: Um, I guess I'm still winning, so I'll go first, and I will say that is a Debbie Sutherland. I mean, Kiefer Sutherland's
3: son, that's got to be a Debbie. Well, the last guy was Ted Bundy's son, so.
0: You
2: know. <laughs> oh, Jesus.
3: I don't know if we want to go down that path. Uh, I'm going to uh, say people on
2: Netflix saying he's hot, as I believe.
3: <laughs> uh, Eric, what did you pick?
2: I, I, I'm i not going to be disclosing my pick now, but for those not <laughs> listening.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you picked a Debbie. I'll say no, not a Debbie. I'll go with Debbie this time. And it's not Debbie. Jake Sutherland uh, is a tight end
1: for the Legends. All right, now we're tied up.
2: I so been this is probably
4: AAF. a bad time to admit that I don't watch the AAF either. So and I'm just anyone. really out in the woods. That's a very not. not they're, they're
1: already going bankrupt, so it's good for them. Yeah, they just it's got a $250 million dollar insert. Family. All right, we have. We'll do two more. Next one, Isaiah Bowser. Ooh, bad guy from Mario. I like that.
3: I think because I came back, I will start, and I am going to say
2: Debbie. He seems so confident. I'm going to say Debbie.
4: I'm going to say Debbie just because I hope to see him in the NFL so I can make a Mario-themed team. Oh, nice.
1: And back for Northwestern.
2: Yeah, and Dan. Dan, I'd like to meet at the poker table is, I guess, what I'm getting at here. We're going (laughs) to have a great time.
3: Um, We'll make this last one worth two so Bobby has a chance to win. All right. Cheating. Last one. Uh, Ty Isaac. Oh, God. Um, let's go. Let's go, Debbie.
2: All right, I'm going to go for the win, and, and I'm going to go for the block out on Bobby, and I will say not Debbie.
4: I'm going to go with not Debbie. And
1: it's not a Debbie. Ty Isaac is a yeah. running back for the iron.
2: So now what does that mean? Who wins?
4: I, I wasn't really tied, paying Tied
3: for much. second honestly isn't bad. You know, so, tied, for, Bobby, <laughs> tied for second, Bobby, Tied for second, Mean you. I was actually I was actually
4: going for the zero. I'm somewhat disappointed. I got one
2: or two, right? By the way, time for a second is not good, Dan. That's actually real. Top three. Top three. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Uh Bobby, want to say thank you for joining the show. Make sure you check out Bobby if you enjoyed his, his appearance on this show. You can check him out on Twitter at Rekt Fantasy. That's R-E-K-E-D Fantasy. On Twitter, and then make sure you check out his his writing on DLF Football. Um, and I don't know that I have too much else. Uh, oh, well, leave a five star rating review for the show. Obviously, I mean, I don't know. This show is like four star at like probably absolute most, but five star be appreciated. like just lie, just lie. We appreciate it. Uh, have other people like check out the show. Um, and um, I guess on that note, I don't have anything else. So uh, Nathan, anything to
1: add on? though
2: Okay, I'll get with you guys next, so take it easy.
0: Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus Doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99, logo styles from $16.99, and jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Right now at T-Mobile, get an awesome iPhone 10R on us when you bring your family over and trade in your old device. Because whether you have mom, dad, or a friend on your mind, it's a gift so bold and brilliant you'll want to keep it for yourself most importantly it's on us in six vibrant colors plus with unlimited everything from t-mobile the awesome iphone 10r will have everyone snapping streaming and sharing to their heart's content all year long but don't wait it's only for a limited time so visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE and get iphone 10r on us